Blog Talk Radio. I have returned to the land of the living. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. Every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. IVP videos www.ivpvideos.com 2.99 single disc 5.99 double disc they have all the puro lucha indie sleaze uh, best ofs classics whatnot that you're looking for www.ivpvideos.com tell them KZ from Rubber Guard Radio sent you God I need to re-record that fucking commercial. Uh, welcome once again to the <laughs> November 17th episode of Rubber Guard Radio. Uh, I tried to launch earlier, but we had technical issues, so we're going to do this one. We're going to go live for an hour. I am joined by my co-host in crime, the Texas bad boy, David Fuller. What's up, Dave? Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon, brother. Uh, we're going to have XPW, hardcore worker, a human horror film Supreme on momentarily. Um, I have Supreme confirmed, so he will definitely be on. I'm not sure if Axel Rodden will call in or Pitbull Gary Wolf. Uh, I couldn't get back to those two gentlemen, but I will have Supreme on momentarily. How's it going, David? Going all right. How about yourself? Um, not bad. Now we got the technical issues out of the way. You know, that was a motherfucker. <laughs> you know, first my co-host won't pick up the phone. Then... Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just went to shit. So my my phone died. <laughs> choose death, right? Huh? As Necro likes to say, choose death. So we're down with death around here. Exactly. <clears throat> cool, cool. So what's coming up for you, Dave? Oh, um, well, I'm um, like I told you earlier. I'm um, ICW might be making a return. Uh, there's uh, very, very, very little rumblings about it around here in Texas. Uh, so we're talking about it, me being the mastermind, and a couple other guys who got a uh, ring set up in a little building down here in South Texas, south of Fort Worth. We're talking about doing it maybe one more year, the tenth year running it, one more year, and seeing what we can get out of it, um, having fun again, and uh, it's just talks right now. I'm trying to retire in April and get away from it altogether. And everyone's like, no, no, you stick around, you can do this. So. Well, that's the business, man. Once you get out, you get dragged right back in. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm open to the idea. Like I told him, I'm open to it. And uh, once everything's confirmed, I will uh, be sure to make the official announcement right here on Rubber Guard Radio. There's only one place to make the announcement. So monstrously huge here in Texas would be Rubber Guard Radio. So Tremendous. Tremendous. Oh, boy. Uh, for those that are interested, UFC 78 will be going live in about an hour and a half. Um, the the show is not too not stacked, but there's some really good fights, and it's missing that marquee main event, so it's not going to do a pretty good buy, but it's going to be fun tonight. So those that are MMA fans out there, that's what's going on tonight. Uh, tomorrow night at the ECW Arena, the new Alhambra, you can uh, Chikara is running. Um, with a stacked show from top to bottom, and there's a main event that's being promoted by Fight Sports Midwest, Sweet and Sour Larry Sweeney against Figure4Online.com's very own Super Chico Brian Alvarez in a rematch that should be pretty good stuff. Um, I would like to go on the record and 
throw props out to Derby Cities, Ted the Trailer McNaylor, and Brian Alvarez. They tore it down in Louisville uh, this past week for the uh, Derby City TV. They went 58 minutes, and they just tore it down. And I will be the first to congratulate Brian on regaining his love for the business. Um, those that want to know the story, you need to uh, sign up at F4WOnline.com and download today's uh, today's audio update that Brian did. He broke down why he uh, why he got fed up with the business and and he talked about this match that that him and uh, him and this uh, wrestling school trainee had, and they went fifty min- fifty eight minutes and they just tore it down. So props to you, Brian. I'm, I'm very proud of you, brother. Now we got that out of the way. Now we're waiting for Supreme to call in. So, uh, what do you think of, never mind Jericho, I hear Flair's coming back in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's what I read. Um, Of course, I'm going off Dave Meltzer. Uh, There you go. (laughs) Meltzer said that uh, local advertising in Charlotte has Ric Flair returning next Monday night um, in Charlotte, which makes perfect sense. After a sabbatical and getting his finance company off the ground, I heard he's doing quite well. Um, I, I hope so. Um, if Flair, if everything is still intact for Flair, his final run, for him to actually be inducted in March and have one big last match at WrestleMania, I would love it. Um, I think uh, Flair, as bad as the product gets, I think Flair's that one guy who you can always get a kick out of. Or, you know, he's nowhere near as good as he used to be. But he still is not bad, and he's still better than half the guys there, and he still can cut a promo more than 90% of the guys there. So um, I'd love to see, as bad as the match would be, I would love to see Flair and Steamboat at WrestleMania. Mm. Well, <laughs> Steamboat, <laughs> Steamboat has always said that he has one match left in him, and it's with Flair. That so. I just think, I, I think they, they would, I just, man. I just think that would be the – I guarantee you, if they advertise that match, I guarantee you there would be just a huge amount of buys just for that match. The people who haven't watched wrestling in years. Well, that and I, I think I think it would draw in Florida as well. So either exactly. Dusty and Flair or uh, Flair and Steamboat. Either would, exactly. Either would draw down in Florida. And, I mean, remember, they have to fill a football stadium. Exactly. And you don't have no Hogan-Austin match like you were planning on. So you need a match of that caliber to, to and you know they've been on the tickets have been on sale. They've sold forty five thousand, fifty thousand seats reportedly. So I mean they're still and they're going to give away a shitload of tickets. But I mean you still want it to look really good the day of showtime. So <laughs> not a WCW Clash of the Champion show in nineteen eighty nine at the Superdome where you could were you giving out tickets the day before the show. And that was headlined by Flair and Steamboat throwing three falls in the greatest matches of all time, and they still could even a, start, uh, a quarter fill that building up. That's very true. That was what that wasn't in the Superdome, was it? Yes, actually, it was in the Superdome. Wasn't in the Superdome? It was in the Superdome. Yes, it was the last wrestling show ran the Superdome. Wow. So, and WCW never promoted. They announced it. They said we're going to be in the New Orleans Superdome. Superdome had always drawn really well with Bill Watts. They've always drawn very well. And they just, they did nothing to uh, promote the show down in New Orleans. They just advertised it on TV the day of the show. They had no walk-up, hardly any walk-up at all. And so, and then you had Michael Hayes on commentary. Michael Hayes, who was a hypocrite on the commentary, he said that night he has never seen this many people at the Superdome before when he wrestled in front of twice that many on a UWO show. Well, okay, we have the official... The official drawing of that show is fifty three hundred, and That's it drew though. right. It drew a four point three rating. Wow! And it was going up against WrestleMania that year. I believe so. Yes. Which we'll give it its due. WrestleMania was in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and WCW had normally done very well in a time slot up against WWE. Uh, the, uh, the year before, Sting and Flair, the first class, 1988, went up against WrestleMania 4. And uh, granted, it's different pay-per-view and basic cable, but still, the the the, the writing was uh, very well, as what I've been told. I, 
you may correct me on that. I know you're researching it. But uh, they said the number did very well compared to WrestleMania 4. I know that buy rate was in the shitter. Mm-hmm. I know WrestleMania 5 buy rate was a little bit higher because the Hogan Savage storyline was doing very well. 5.9. You know, you know, you know what's funny is uh, when Savage won this title, Savage won the title, a lot of people said that the company was going into the shitter. You know, the, the ratings are going to go down and the houses are going to go down. And, you know, uh, Savage did very, very well that year as champion. And so I think uh, Savage is uh, I think Savage is underappreciated, and uh, he turned 54 the other day. So I think uh, I'd like to see him induct into the Hall of Fame one day. He had some really good matches back in the day, very unusual character. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. Even before his WWF run, his Memphis stuff was good stuff. When um, his outlaw company invaded uh, Memphis, the yeah. man, that's good stuff. The the wild, yeah, wild driver exactly. Ricky fucking Morton. <laughs> exactly, the power driver through the table. Lance Russell throwing a fist. My God, oh man, you just Memphis man, Memphis. I mean, I grew up in Dallas. I grew up in Dallas, Fort Worth. So I grew up with world class. But I remember back in the day. They used to they used to put out these little generic VHS tapes. They would say Hulk Hogan, the missing matches, or Randy Savage, the missing matches. Maybe thirty minutes, and they'd have matches from Memphis and UWF mixed in. Now I, you know, I marked out one of the tapes had Hulk Hogan and Jerry Lawler, and then yep. one of the tapes had Savage that tag match for Savage put in through the table. And you know, growing up, I'm watching this stuff. I'm like, man, this stuff is cool. The, the the lighting's terrible. You can barely make out who's who in the Mid-South Coliseum. And when they did Man on the Moon, I was just like, okay, yeah, that's nowhere near what it looked like. Well, Dave, Dave, since we're talking about hardcore, I think we'll get on XPW's own Supreme. Cool. Supreme, how you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. How you doing? Not bad, not bad. Welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. I have my co-host, David Fuller, independent worker from Texas on the line. Nice Thank to you meet for you joining us. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> right, we'll give you the standard question, brother. How'd you break in? Um, how'd I break in? It's kind of funny because I just kind of like we we're just messing around, learning how to wrestle. I had a couple of friends knew how to wrestle, so we start wrestling, just doing it more of a hobby type thing. Then they start sending out tapes, and then local guy uh, companies out here start wanting to use me in uh, chaos. We started together, start basically trained each other in the beginning. Start using us and it just start growing from there. So, um, what company was that? Was that the alternate, oh, our alternative wrestling shop? I'm. Uh, no, it was even before that. It was a GSWA. It was something out here, like in a about an oh, hour away from, was, from Hollywood. Was, well, Golden State. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, oh, GSWI. Wow. Yeah, GSWA or I, I forgot. Wow. They're no longer around. They've been out for a bit, but that was. Basically, we drive an hour. They pay us five bucks. That was it. Mm-hmm. But it was worth it. Cool. So, how did you hook up with Rob Black? Rob Black. That, that's another. Uh, like Kevin Kleinrock and Pat Hernandez, the referee. Mm-hmm. They were going out, kind of getting uh, local wrestlers. They weren't even coming out to get me or Chaos. They came over, talked to one of our friends, uh, Tech Nine. I think he wrestled in XPW as Christian Blood in the first couple of shows. They're talking to him, so he told us there's a place to practice, so we went to XPW just to go practice. Rob Black started seeing how we our work rate and stuff, asked us to join XPW. Cause back, back then, me and Chaos were a tag team. Then he separated us, made us singles, so went from there. That's cool. Um, let's see. Who else broke into XPW right about that time? Wasn't it Johnny Webb? Because I remember yeah. seeing him. Yeah, Johnny Webb yeah. was one of the original guys. Because it, it started from uh, the late D- Dynamite D. He, he's basically the guy that kind of started XPW. God bless, brother. You are missed. Yeah. Uh, he was passing out flyers for one of his shows, which was SCCW. And, um, yeah, he was passing out flyers for th- those shows, at a, like a WWE show, Rob Black, Grabbed one of the flyers, hooked up with him. He was connected with uh, Kevin Kleinrocks, and then XPW started from there. So all the people that wrestled and was trained under D, those guys 
you know, started with XPW. Like, Webb was one of them. Uh, let's see, Carlito was one of them, but from XPW, Carlito back in the day. Like, a lot of the guys don't even wrestle anymore that started out in XPW. That's pretty cool. Um, just so everybody knows that the first season of XPW TV has dropped out on DVD. You can find it at you know fine retailers or online retailers. Um, just uh, showing the love for Big Vision. You know, Kevin's got his shit together and he's making money, and uh, hopefully others are making money with him. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you guys need to go out of your way to see that stuff. That the, the TV was was something different than than I have ever seen, <laughs> and. Some of the yeah. craziest, some of the craziest uh, moments during that time frame in wrestling were from XPW. I think they're, I think XPW is overlooked, and I don't think they're given enough credit for what they did at the time. Um, you know, I was breaking into the business around the time that they hit their peak, and that's all we heard about. I mean, nor- normally you would hear about ECW. Did you watch ECW? Did you watch ECW? We weren't hearing that. We were hearing, guys, did you watch XPW? So, I mean, just if, if you've never seen an XPW match or you're not familiar with it, go out of your way and get that first season. There's another DVD put out by Big Vision called uh, the, the XPW, I believe, the, the Rise and Fall or, the, or something like that, and it's six hours. And it, so, I mean, that would be another great just to get educated on it. But you guys, Supreme, uh, you know, you guys uh, went out of your way to, to give uh, the fans an alternative product. And, I mean, the question I want to know is, I mean, uh, how did it feel? How did it feel get, uh, getting into that company with the national exposure and just uh, how did it feel with those fans? How did it feel for you being a performer there? Oh, it was great. I mean, when we started off, we were just doing a regular show. We we're working for a guy that owned a porno company. That was basically it. You know, back you know, especially when you when you start a wrestling company, join one. There was always talk about okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and we we're just kind of used to it. You know, we were jaded right, with that exactly. whole thing. And then for while we're going, it kept going, and then we realized it's like, dang, this is really coming out. It's really got, you know, it's really doing pretty good. And it was it was really exciting at the time. It's like like how you said about with the TV shows. Those are some. Of, I was talking to Messiah a couple of months ago. Those are some of the funnest things we've ever done. It was brutal. We beat the crap out of each other, but looking back at it, it's like, man, it was fun sitting there just hanging out, like you know, on a weeknight. You know, it's like two in the morning doing some of those spots we were doing. Interesting promos and skits and whatnot. Yeah, that's good stuff. Go out of your way to check that out. Um, like like you said, um, you know, working your your boss was in the porn industry, <clears throat> and you you went in thinking you were going to work for this porn boss, and it ended up becoming a wrestling company, which is you know, I don't know what was going through Rob Black's head, but I kind of think that was the goal to separate, you know his uh, extreme associates and XPW, which obviously he did. But um, any memories from your the first year on there? From the first year, it's like, oh, memories. Just like uh, we're doing uh, three-day stints, like uh, once a month we do three three days in a row, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Some of them are pretty crazy. Some of them were like, hard, we hardly had anybody. I remember one show in San Bernardino. Like we, you know, it was a nice crowd. I forgot what it was. I don't think the building's around anymore. Rob was so bummed out that it wasn't such a big crowd. He kind of like, you know, what you guys just do the show however you want. I just remember that day we just beat the crap out of uh, the referee. Like every referee, every wrestler in the back just kind of did a run in and jumped the referee. That was one of the funnier things I think we've done on it. But yeah, it's like there's just a bunch of things. Like we got really close together. It's like you know, because we're all local wrestlers. And at that time, the first year when it started. The other local wrestlers out here that weren't a part of it kind of just, you know, ripped us, you know, apart left and right. And we even had, like, friends that, you know, didn't get on the shows and stuff like that. So they just start bad-mouthing the company and stuff like that. So that part was just a little rough. You know, we're just out there having fun, trying to, you know, trying to succeed at what we're doing. Then we have friends and other, you know, peers, you know, just ripping us just because, you know, they didn't want to be a part of it or they weren't asked to be a part of it. Jealousy is a motherfucker, isn't it? <laughs> All right, let's see. We have... Uh, I'm going through the tape library, and it looks like this might be the first King of the Death that you guys had. You had uh, an opening round match with, with your former partner, Chaos. Yeah. 
was falling yeah, apart, yeah. and my cousin, my nephew, Chaos. Yeah. yeah, that was the first time he ever did a type of match like that, and that was the first time in a match that he bled in the match. So he's cool. kind of nervous the whole thing, and after he kind of freaked out a bit, but I think it was a good match. It went pretty good. It was, you know, just awkward. I always, I always mess with him because he's my nephew. So I'd always tell him, I was like, you know, I would never do that to my uncles, you know, what you do to me. <laughs> so people always well, it, about on that. It, it didn't seem that, that Joey had the hardcore type of, you know, mentality. He was more of a stronger style type, at least from what I've seen of him. Yeah, and for him to get involved in that was like he just wanted to be part of the show, and this show was just everybody was doing death matches. Like, so he was like, I'll do a death match just to be on the show because, you know, he wanted to get out there and just wants, you know, start doing shows. So, I mean, it's pretty ballsy on his half just to get out there and push himself out there like that and do something like that, you know, just to be on the show and just, you know, make sure people keep seeing him and then see what he could do. But after that, he did some pretty good death matches. He had a really good one against Webb on one of the shows. And I remember I had him when I ended up getting burnt. That match was one of my, my the best matches we had other than the fact that I got burnt. It took away from the match, so. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah, um, Chaos uh, headlined a show this past Saturday, New Wave Pro Wrestling, their their rebirth show. Um, uh, New Wave is, uh, they're, they're good friends of the show. And from what I heard, uh, uh, Joey and SoCal Crazy tore it down in the main event. So mm-hmm. congratulations to them. We, we here on Rubber Guard, we do support indies. That's what we're about. Great. So let's Great. Uh, get to your second round match here. Hey, it's Billy. You had uh, Messiah in the second round. Yeah, that was a great match. I mean, it definitely doesn't top the Go Funk Yourself match I had with him, which is my all-time favorite match. But that match on the, the first tournament, that was a really good match. And it was a, his first death match also. So I had a bunch of, you know, new guys. I mean, it's not like I had too many death matches. I just used a lot of stuff like barbed wire before that and you know, different implements of, uh, I guess, death, as you'd put it. <laughs> Choose death, brother. <laughs> Choose death. That's cool. So so you broke both both Chaos and Messiah's Cherry in the death match. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of it that way. That's awesome. I like that. <laughs> yeah, but definitely, I guess, yeah. <laughs> now, now, when you get off the phone, you can call Joey and you can tell him, tell him that you, you, you cop to Popeye's Cherry in for, for the death matches. And in the final, uh, EC, former ECW eliminator, one of my personal favorite workers, um, the late John Cronus. Yeah. Any any memories of the finals? Oh yeah, that was a, it was a crazy match. I mean, we, that's when I you know the first time I ever did with the barbed wire ropes and stuff like that. I remember I ended up going through them during the match and just working with him. I was kind of because I was always a mark for him and the eliminators. They're such a good tag team, and he was just he's such a nice guy and just such a good worker too that um, I loved working that match with him. I was, you know, but at the end of it, for him to come at the end of it and the way he reacted with it, you know, just, I, you know, I just marked out right there. I thought that was great. That's cool. That was definitely a very good match. Um, how was he to work with to, to, you know, to put stuff together and was he willing to, you know, give and take and whatnot or? Oh, he was great with the give and take. I mean, he, he gave, you know, anything you'd say, he'd go for it. I mean, the, the only thing he didn't do, because he only tr- trusted uh, uh, his partner, partner Cronus, was the, you know, when he did the flip and then the, the back, back flip outside the ring. Yeah. When he started, yeah, I always asked him to do that, but he never wanted to do that. But, you know, everything else he always did is just like, you know, he's a trooper out there, and I, you know, I loved him. He was great. Miss him. Yeah, Cronus, Cronus is one guy that I have never heard any rumblings or any stories of giving anybody any trouble about about doing anything or he was always for the match not for himself he wasn't selfish at all and that you know what more can you ask for you know in a pro wrestler and and that style too it's like yeah, the style exactly. of wrestling that he did it's like you know it's like I don't know if I want to do that I don't know he's just whatever do whatever I mean he'd come into the ring like already bleeding just because he was so tore up the night before so I always thought that was funny. It's like he used to always be walking in the back, too. He's like, he'd always run butt, butt naked in the backstage, all bleeding everywhere. It's like, get away from us. Well, all right. I, I have to ask, speaking of him being butt naked, have you seen the uh, the porn video with him and Nicole Bass? 
No, I never, I never seen it. I see bits and pieces of it, but yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't want to watch that. I mean, I'm glutton for punishment, but that's a little much. Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. Five, five minutes of the China porn, and that was enough for me. I had to turn that one off. But, yeah, I couldn't know. even bring myself to that one. Oh God! <laughs> I'll, I'll take a word for it. It's pretty bad. <laughs> well, Dave, Dave, you are a freak, so you know it, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, I saw a couple, I just heard rumblings in the locker room and somebody brought it one night and we were bored before the show so they put it in the DVD player backstage and after about two minutes I said, okay, if y'all don't turn this off, I'm shutting the show down. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sending everybody home without pay. <laughs> <laughs> so they shut it off pretty damn quick. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are your thoughts on Pogo? Pogo? I'm really good, really, really good friends with Pogo. You guys ever talk to him or? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, to be to be honest, he's probably one of my best friends. I mean, other than like the Messiah and uh, you know Chaos, obviously he's my nephew. And yeah, he's he's up there. He's like you know I talk to him like at least once or twice a month. Just calling up, he calls me a lot on the phone. I'll call him here and there. But yeah, he's by far one of my best friends. He's a really good friend to have. I got to know him a lot. We did a a, a small tour in a. Japan for FMW when it was still around. We were a tag team, so we got to know each other real good there. And, you know, just when we came back, we became real good friends. Is he still living up here in NorCal? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a nut, man. Hmm. I, I remember when he was working up here for All Pro Wrestling as Joe Bad Apple Apple Bomber. Yeah. Oh, man, he was a scary dude. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, especially he, when he had the Pogo gimmick. When he had that oh, on. It was it's even worse, like, but... And one of, one of the bits, I, I don't think it was on the first season, it might be in the second season, when they start using him for the, the TV show, mm-hmm. there's one, one bit where he's in the park and he's, you know, following this one kid around, and he's, you know, going around following him, like, at the park, and it's just really creepy, and at the end you see, you know, he walks away with him, and that, that kid, if you watch it, that kid, that's my son. Oh, really? So yeah, and it's fun, and the last bit when he's walking away, it's like I have my wife sitting over you know, he's a here. Let's go to what he's telling him is here. Here, let's go to mama, and it just looks really creepy on, you know, when you watch it on a tape. Him just walking away with him. Well, he, I think Pogo is probably the most underrated character that XPW put out. I think because that was yeah. Because I mean, I think really a lot of a lot of things they did too is like they really pushed the local guys because we helped bringing bring it up. And then when Polo came along, he started blowing up really quick. The fans really loved him a lot, and I don't know, it just didn't, you know. And it was the oh, the thing too with that is when we did the TV stuff, we had to do it with just the local guys because we're just you know filming every week, and they would be able to come out only once in a while. So that's why you didn't get really get to see him that much on TV and stuff. But yeah, I, I really felt he should have went for some more of the you know like the heavyweight belt and stuff like that, and. I don't know, they just never pursued that. They always had him in the tag team and had him, like, do smaller stuff, which, you know, if it was up to me, it would have been different. He's just a scary dude, man. He is very large. He's, what, about 6'7"? He's about 6'3", 6'4". He's, like, Uh, right now, he's about 4-something. Man, just a big, scary guy. I'd like to have him having my back in a bar fight. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Well, it looks here... uh, on the 26th of May, 01, you had a match with uh, a, a product of Northern California up here, Vicious Vic Grimes. Oh, yeah. Any stories about TJ? Yeah. Uh, which match was that one? Was that a death, the second tournament? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that, one, that was pretty funny because I'm on the ladder on that one. I and mean, he's, he's like, you, you, you have people like Cronus that's like willing to do whatever, but then you have people like Vic that like, you know, kind of just brings up all this stuff. Why don't you do this to me? Why don't you do this to me? Or why don't we use this? It's like where it gets like pretty insane. I'm like, yeah, sure. And we went with a lot of stuff that we went with. And um, one point in the match, the referee's supposed to hold the ladder for me. I'm supposed to do this. It's like outside the ring. I'm splash. Going to give uh, Vic a splash inside the ring. Refs like if you watch the tapes, like kind of holding it with his pinky. I sit in there. The, the ladder kicks out under me. I like I I, I crack a rib. And, you know, I found out later that I had a cracked rib, and um, it just knocked the air out of me. And then he's coming down, and it's like, you know, I'm, the, I'm just telling the rib, give me time, I need time, I need time. 
by the time he comes, I give him a crotch shot. And then I go up and the fans, and he thought I was insane because right after that, I just get a bigger ladder and put it inside the ring. And then when I fall down on that one, I land in the table of barbed wire tubes and everything like that, and a piece of glass from the tubes went inside my arm. I don't know if you look closely, too, and he always brings it up to me. It's like he's coming over to pin me saying, yeah, all right? And I'm sitting there, look at my arm, look at my arm. I'm just pointing at my arm. There's blood dripping out, and I'm just trying to look at us. I'm thinking it's, I'm marking out on myself on a piece of glass on my arm. He's like, yeah, all right? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, look how cool this is. I'm fine. <laughs> it's a fucking death match, bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing he always said about me. He goes, he'll do all the death match, and he'll always do it. He don't like doing it, but it gets him over. He goes, but with me, and he always would bring it up. He goes, I'm like one of the crazier guys that just, I love doing it. And I really, really do love doing those type matches. Because, I don't know, it just, you know, it just shows that what you're willing to do for, you know, for wrestling. Well, Vic, Vic is pretty underrated as a, as a straight worker as well. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to, to see him in the summer of 97. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen the match with him and Aaron O'Grady, Crash Holly, where uh, where Crash hits uh, Vic with the car. Oh no! In the middle of the warehouse district in Hayward. Oh, insane! And um, uh, J.R. Benson put that match on a tape, along with some other stuff, and they sent it to Cornette and WWF, and it got Vic and um, Crash their tryout up in Davis. And then they tore the house down in a tryout match, and they were offered developmentals right there on the spot. And it's the first time that they've ever offered anybody right off a tryout developmental spots. And definitely proud of what Vic has done in his career. It's kind of a shame that he's not working regularly anymore, because I really do love his work. I'll be a deathmatch or straight. Um, he's a very, very talented big man. Oh, yeah. Some of the matches he had towards the end of XPW with Shane Douglas, like this, they were just pure heavyweight t- style, you know, title matches, and they were great. He didn't have to do anything too crazy, and he just wrestled solid matches. And they're like, they're by far the matches that I've seen of Vic. Those are my favorite matches. Yeah, he's he's just really good, and it, it's a shame that that he's not, you know, he's doing spot, you know, spot shows here and there. But it's kind of it's a shame that he's not doing anything regularly anymore. Um, do you have any Johnny Webb stories? Johnny I love Johnny. He's cool. <laughs> I have too many stories for him because back in the days, like he was always kind of to himself and stuff like that. We'll hang out. He'll come over, and hang out, you know. But he'll just sit there. Like he'll come out to a party. He'll come and sit down and just play his PSP. <laughs> so he's like, you know, I don't want to say he's antisocial, but he's pretty antisocial. <laughs> He's, 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 he's changed a little bit over the year. Like this past year, I noticed he's been real talkative, and we've been into a couple of practice. You know, he steps up and, you know, talks to people a little bit more. But in the beginning, he was pretty, you know, just to himself and didn't talk to anybody. I mean, he'd make, it would be odd because he'd show up to parties, but he just wouldn't, you know, he's just, you know, making the appearance and that's it. But, yeah, no, I like him a lot, though, because when we do talk, and he's, he is pretty smart. He, like, reads the paper all the time, and he, like, knows about politics and everything. And I'm like, I'm pretty impressed when I talk to him. I think maybe that's why he doesn't talk to people. <laughs> it, well, that could be. That could be. Uh, well, how, how about, uh, okay, well, we're going to talk about a, a gentleman that, that I have personal heat with and that I don't think I would ever get along with. But, he, you know, he, is, he had to retire due to injuries. Uh, Mr. Steve Rosano. Steve Rosano. Yeah, the skinny guy from uh, Northern California. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because uh, with him, XPW, they were starting to get rid of him, you know, just because when they originally got his, uh, I don't know, this probably bad mouth him a bit, but when they got his uh, 8x10, he looked like, you know, really good shape and stuff like that. Then he shows up, they, you know, get him for a show, and he shows up, and he's like, doesn't look like the 8x10. He's a little out of shape, and he's like, like, okay, whatever, they let him do the match and stuff. And he start, you know, had a little bit of a run with it. They tried with him, and they were going to get rid of him. I remember describing a match with, uh, in fact, it was a match where uh, uh, the one I caught on fire, I was talking about to one of the the guys that were with the Enterprise. I'm trying to describe what to do at the end of the match, and I'm like, you got to remember, it's like, you know, working with Rosano is like working with a monkey. He's like, he's not going to remember this spot. And... um 
So once I did that, I do not know how the fans got hold of that. Everyone started calling him a monkey. And that kind of gave him a next run in XPW because, you know, they start doing this whole monkey gimmick, you know, just chanting the monkey and he was getting over on it. And I, I have no idea. I think, one of, I don't know, the wrestlers told some of their friends and then they, you know, just, just clicked on and he had like a whole, you know, like another year with XPW because of that. Jeez. I, I was at a show in 97 because uh, Rosano was trained up here uh, by the All Pro Wrestling Camp. And we were at a show up here, and my brother, my younger brother, was heckling him. And somehow, some way, in, in some type of a roid rage, um, Steve punched my younger brother. And from then on, it's just been heat, 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 heat. And I've never liked the guy. But you know, I mean, it it, it sure takes some balls to hit a punch a you know a young teenager while you're this big jacked up pro wrestler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just not right. Uh, now we're going to move on to uh, 2002. At, uh, I think I'm pretty sure it was in the ECW arena. Uh, you were you were squaring off with Hardcore Homo Angel. Oh, okay. Okay, hold yeah. on, hold on. This, this is a shoot. I need a shoot answer here, bro. Is Angel straight? <laughs> to be honest, and I think if you ask any of us, we're not sure. We'll hang out with them. We even tell them it's like, dude, if you're gay, you know, let us know. We don't care. It's like, no, no, live in the gimmick. We all have our doubts with him, though. So it's like, hey, he's a throwback to the '70s, man. He's living the gimmick. He's in he's he's in the closet, but he doesn't realize the closet has you know a window for a door, and everyone can see it. <laughs> yeah, that that kid's talented, and he's a nut. Oh yeah, definitely. In, in the best in the best possible way, you can call someone a nut. But yeah, <laughs> any memories of work with, working with Angel? Oh, just every every time we went in there, it's just like, you know, especially I started getting more, a little more established at that point. So to me, this was a young guy coming up and they telling me he just beat the shit out of him. So most of the time, I'm sorry, can I say that on here? Oh, yeah, we're live. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, cussing's no problem? Not a problem at all. We're hardcore. Oh, shit. I've been, uh, I've been holding my tongue this whole time saying things I'd never say. Dang it and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, we're going to tell you to watch your fucking mouth. Okay. <laughs> All the fucking right, then. Yeah, so I just basically beat the shit out of him. Like, all the, every time I wrestled, you know, you know, the more that we wrestled, you know what I mean, we'd put together the match, I'd beat the shit out of him more. The more we'd wrestle, then, you know, it'd be more equal and stuff. But, yeah, just some of the di- like some of the things where I toss him off of and or we'd jump off of, it's like, I think they ended up coming up with a joke, and I don't know if they put it on, ever put it on a tape or something. It was, a, what was it, Hardcore Angels... Uh, Falls across America, and they wanted to. They wanted to just show all like, cause I mean he's he's falling from like you know almost thirty feet, like and it's just insane. It's like you know when we did the scaffold match, it's like you know you sitting there looking over, I'm looking over. Oh, this is this one's a funny one. We're sitting there both looking over. There's supposed to be a spot where Shane shoots him with a dart, and he's supposed to go over, and we're both looking over, and I'm like, okay, he's not going over yet. I'm like, go. I go if you don't go, I'm fucking, I'm pulling you. So I kind of tug him and then kind of tug him over, and then he just goes over, and that's the one on the scaffold on the, the tables that blew up. Mm-hmm. So that one that one was just insane, just standing up there and just how riggedy he is. Because like, if you ever remember the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express, oh yeah, their, their scaffold match, you've seen how scared they were on that. It's like, you know, we're up on this, and it was like all raggedy, and it's like, you know, it's twice as high, and we're like, damn. <laughs> so they're crawling up. I remember the, the one bump that... that that you gave Angel in the ECW arena. I think it was uh, it was some type of some type of a move off the crow's nest through like three tables, and I was like, okay, that's nuts. I mean, I saw I saw Dreamer take it, something like that. But you know, Dreamer's a big bigger dude. You know, Angel the, like the crow's nest. Is that the, the? It's not. Which one's the? Crow's it's where nest? the commentators sit up at the top. Okay, because we did a, a bump on the side also. You know, the the side. Where they kind of have people up on the side sometimes, right? I gave him a power bomb off there once. Yeah, that 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 spot. Okay, and then we did a scaffold inside the ring where I gave him a power slam where both of us went down. It's insane. He's what five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing. Hey, wait! Mm-hmm. Sounds like another guy on the line, Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I like picking on the skinny guys because I'm I'm five nine and two ten. So oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not jacked, but 
So uh, after after you left XPW, uh, what did you start doing? It got real slow after XPW, and I think a lot of XPW workers, the, the, the same thing kind of happened, like especially the local guys, like people, especially local, like what the story I told you earlier, how they always badmouth and stuff. So it's like not a lot of people would uh, use us that much. So it's like, you know, people would like, you know, like the most stuff I do now is like um, NGX in uh, Monterey, Mexico. Mm-hmm. And that whole company is just like the whole show is like a deathmatch show. Like every every match is on there is that that I love that those shows NGX shows is by far especially now my favorite place to work and right now me and chaos are the tag team champions out there who'd you beat uh we beat uh, a couple of local guys one guy was uh what was his name Joe Leiter no not not Joe Leiter it was a couple of the, the smaller guys I forgot their names Leiter and Leiter and Crazy Boy are fucking nuts Oh yeah, it's like I, I the first show that. I did out there. Lighter was on the show. He doesn't do those as much yeah, well, anymore. They're with AAA, so they they don't take outside bookings too often. But I do have a two disc set of theirs, and it's insane. I mean, you you see Nicho Psychosis doing the deathmatch stuff. Yeah, I wrestled him in a four way with him. Um, one kid I can't remember, and Damien. I work with Damien a lot out there. I like Damien. Damien's cool people. Yeah, he's he's good people, and he's like, and like he'll bring up to me. He's like, oh, so do you do this show out in L.A.? I'm like, no. He's like, why not? I go, people just don't use me that much. And with him, and what I love about him, he's like, he's like, why? And he's really confused why. You know, that kind of boosts my ego. That you know, he sees like, why don't I work more? Like he sees, you know, if it's up to him, he's always trying to get me to work out there. And you know, that's the reason I do NGX is really solely on uh, Damien. Damien Damien's really underrated, and I think that his stint in WCW really hurt him. Yeah, <clears throat> just, I mean, sure he was making money, sure he was on TV, but he was, they weren't showing you know the real Damien that that those of us that are hardcore hardcore fans you know that go out of our way to to watch Lucha and whatnot. He is exceptional, and he's picked up wherever he's worked. He's picked up something. <clears throat> yeah, like. Uh, was it Super J95 for War when he worked with Super Delphin of all people? I was like, wait a minute, okay, this isn't right. It was just just wacky stuff, and he's really underutilized, and he needs to break through here in the states. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, XPW loved them. They used them a lot, you know. And I think it, you know, it got them a little a little bit more established out here too. You know, doing the crazy stuff. Because him and Halloween are just, you know, they're, they're just off the hook. They're pretty, they're, they're good, they're, you know, tag team-wise especially. But it's a shame that they're broken up now, so. Yeah. That's, you know, one's in AAA, the other's in CMLL, but, you know, not a perfect world. They do have to feed their family and eat. Um, I remember one time outside, we're having breakfast in Mexico after a show, we're getting ready to go home, and I'm, I, I'm sitting there telling him, I remember him, like, because I remember him and Sa- when he used to come out and uh, manage Sabu sometimes as Damien 666, and He'd manage uh, Sabu, and then one time he'd wrestle him as uh, Ultraman. And I was telling him about that, and those both were, like, right before I started wrestling. So I'm sitting there telling him. I remember him as a fan watching, and he's like, man, I'm old. I go, man, I didn't make, try to make you feel that way, but, you know, he's, he's just so funny, though, the way he comes off with things and just, you know, we'd be sitting there in the plane, and, like, he'd, he, and every time you, I don't know if you've ever seen him talking with Halloween and stuff, it's how good they got along. It's like, Hey, bitch, he's my bitch. And he introduces him, he's my bitch. <laughs> I always just thought that was great. It's like, and everybody, no matter who they introduced them to, each other, they're like, that's my bitch. Come here, bitch. You meet my bitch. <laughs> I don't know. When I first met them, I didn't have a chance to, to speak with them both um, together because uh, the first time I met them was uh, after Super Bowl 97 in San Francisco up here. And on a dive, um, Halloween or Cyclope, as he was working WCW, he blew out his shoulder. So um, Conan asked my brother and myself to to um, to bring him to a local hospital. So we brought him up to the hospital with with uh, Carlos, and and Carlos just told us, you know, leave us here. We're going to get him fixed. So we went back to the hotel, and I didn't, you know, get a chance to talk to them as a team. It was more individual. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> but yeah, Damien, man, that guy, he's a trip. He's definitely a trip. Like, um, especially going out in Monterey, like we'll walk around, we'll go eat somewhere, and everybody knows him. It's like every, we'll walk down the street anywhere, and everyone knows him. Like you know, friends with him. It's like we'd go, we'd go eat, and then they'd be like, oh no, no problem. It's, it, you know, on the house. It's like he's like a rock star out there. It's it's incredible. Cool. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Luke Hawks, Ultra Boy Luke? Ultra Boy Luke. Yeah, he's doing pretty good now. I like he keeps getting these uh, little uh, WWE tryouts, right? And getting a lot of, It's funny because they, they gave him to me in the, the death matches, and he really didn't want to do death matches, but same thing like when Chaos started out, he was, you know, ballsy enough to go out there and it's like, okay, I want to get myself noticed. I want to get in this company. I'm going to do death matches. And they did that with me a bit, like put people in and have them do death matches or, you know, strong style matches with me and... He went. He went with them. It's like I remember one time though, I, I hit him with a chair a little too light. Rob Black was really upset with that. So the next show, we had a thing where I had to chain him up, where he was like, you know, he couldn't move or anything, and I, I had to just lay into him, and he he took it. It's like I have one of the pictures on the MySpace of me hitting him with that that chair, and he left the comments like, I don't like that. <laughs> but I mean, but he's like, he's he's ballsy. He'll do what he has to do, but he's one of those guys that just you know really loves just the pure wrestling. You know, and you got respect. You respect that that they love the wrestling. They probably don't even respect the deathmatch as much, but you're willing to do it just to, you know, to establish like yourself. Well, not yeah. That's cool. Cool. Any questions, Dave? Um. Yeah. Real quick. Um. Uh, Supreme. Out of all the uh, all the guys that came over from ECW, who do you think, or who, in your opinion? went out of their way more for XPW than anybody, was willing to elevate talent, was willing to do whatever it took to get that company over. Out of all the guys that you saw come through there, the big names over from ECW, who had established himself in ECW and came over to XPW, who would you say did most for that company? I think by far, I mean, even though he didn't have such a big, big spot, was Cronus. Cronus, you know, like he put over everybody he had to put over, you know, did what he had to do. And, like, and, and honestly, coming to Cronus, it's like we always had all this outside talent come in, but Cronus was one of the guys. To right. us, he was one of the locals, just how cool he was and just how he was, he, you know, he came out, he didn't say, give me my money and I'm going. And we've had quite a few of that, but <laughs> him out of all people, he was like, you know, he was there for the company. Wow. That's, that's mm-hmm. awesome. That's awesome. I just I know a bunch of people came over from ECW, and it's funny, you know, you have all these people talking about XPW. Oh, XPW, you know, they won't last. And next week, you see them up there working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, one one that was real pro ECW then came and was really also helped out a lot was uh, New Jack. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that guy's crazy as a motherfucker though, but <laughs> oh yeah, he's great though. I love hanging out with him. We hang out with him. He's all normal, but. When he gets, if someone gets on his bad side, man, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Any um, any stories of uh, hanging out? I don't even think that you got to work with Nosawa. Nosawa, I, I got along with him pretty good. Um, I no, I never did get to work with him, and that's a funny story with Webb in the second tournament. He he loved the match that he had with Nosawa, and I don't know if you know, but Webb back then was the guy that edited everything for uh, XPW. So if you see some of the highlights, you always see a bunch of highlights, when, especially for the second tournament. It was all of him and Nasawa. It's like basically the entire match. But I got along with him really good, and I really liked the fact, yeah, because even when I went to Japan, I seen him out in Japan, so it was really cool seeing him out there, you know, a familiar face and stuff. And I just love that he had, you know, like he has Latino t- tattoos on him and stuff like that, and he wrestled so much, you know, in Mexico and stuff. Yeah, I like him a lot, though, Nasawa. He's really underrated. I really like his work. Oh yeah, but yeah, definitely. Have you ever worked, you ever worked in Texas, man? No, I would love to. I mean, you know. Here we go. Here we go. We're talking business live on the radio. <laughs> no, not this Book them, Dave. Book them. <laughs> oh, believe me, I I wouldn't have any issues with that. I mean, that would be awesome. But I mean, you, uh, I mean, I know a bunch of. There's been a bunch of promotions down here that have always reached out to you know, national promotions, and uh, so I was just curious if you ever came through here, especially you working in Mexico. Did you ever, you never came through here and worked? No, never. I mean, uh, okay. one company gave me a call, but then 
you know, nothing happened with it. All right, David. David, you need to book Supreme in a dream match with Necro Butcher. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we could do that. With the return of Insane Hardcore Wrestling, we're going to need those big-time dream matches. And with the company with that name, we'll definitely need somebody like that. So uh, once I get it... Once I get everything confirmed, I may be calling you Supreme. <laughs> well, where do you where do you run out of? Uh, it'd be in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex area. Okay. Back yeah, where all the magic used to happen back in the eighties. Oh yeah, world class. Yeah, by far my favorite yeah. company ever. World class championship. That's wrestling. awesome. That's awesome. That's by yeah, far. That's when I, I, I love. I'd love to talk about bringing you in. That'd be awesome. Yeah, hey, definitely go. Hey, if you if you want to get booked. Become a guest here on Rubber Guard Radio. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. I come on every week now. <laughs> Your co-host is a is, is a, a, a returning promoter. So, <laughs> so um, Supreme, have have you checked out any of Necro's work? Oh yeah, I'm mean, one of the, the the last two I did in Japan. He actually worked it too. I, yeah, I've seen some of his stuff. I, I really love the match he had with Lucista. I mean, because you know they didn't pull back anything, and it was just it was just such a good match, you know. Because you know, so when have you ever seen a? I thought you know when you ever see a match with a guy and a girl that was actually a good match. It's like well, stuff she would take and when. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Look, this is a nut. So yeah, she'll oh, yeah. take fucking anything. But yeah, Necro is as far as the current regular working uh, hardcore type of workers. He's I would say probably up in the top three. Oh, he has such a good look. He's such a nice guy. You wouldn't think of looking at him, but he's such a nice guy. He has such a good look, and his work rate is is really he works. You know, strong style, hardcore deathmatch. He you know he does everything, and he's got a good size to him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let's see. We're running up on eight minutes remaining. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, what do you have coming up in the near future as far as bookings? Nothing yet. I mean, man, uh, right now I'm doing a, a tag team locally when we do stuff with uh, one of my former students, Carnage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're called the Human Monsters. So we kind of do stuff locally like this here and there, just real small shows. Like we're doing stuff with the uh, the, the, do- the L.A. Dojo. Okay. The one that used to be the Noki Dojo, but now I guess it's just the Dojo. And then he's talking about he wants to do a show locally, so maybe we'll do something like that in between January and March, somewhere around there. Have you have you thought of joining Chaos down in San Diego for New Wave Pro Wrestling? I did uh I did their tournament for the belt. Mm-hmm. I was in a couple of matches. I went in the second round, lost to uh Gary uh no Carl Carl Anderson, who's a really good worker. Yes. He's fun to watch. Oh yeah, definitely. Him and Joey Ryan are just an amazing, amazing team. Oh yeah, because they had a three way at the end of it and I was like who was Chaos, Joey Ryan and uh and Anderson, it was a great match. I was able to do a run-in at the end, but, yeah, it was a really nice match. Well, <clears throat> the the promoters of New Wave are close personal friends of the show. So uh, what I'm going to do is when I get off the air, I'm going to put in word for you to come down, and hopefully you can interfere for Chaos and the January show and beat the living hell out of that skinny little punk SoCal crazy. But Definitely. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But we're we're all about you know spreading the love and and making sure that you know indie workers are working all over. Hey, so, that's, great. Uh, that's great. I love that. Let's uh, let's get out some plugs for you, Messiah. Or uh, I'm sorry, Messiah. <laughs> Supreme, Supreme. I think that's I'm the sorry. first time ever mistaken me for Messiah. Right <laughs> it it, it, it could have been worse. I could have called you Web. <laughs> the, the Elvis gimmick. I could come out in the Elvis gimmick of that <laughs> well, let's get out some plugs. Uh, how how can um, promoters book you? Um, basically through my MySpace. I'm uh, Lord Supreme uh, 13 on MySpace. Kind of how you guys hooked up with me. I mean, MySpace is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. It's like it's the way people can get hold of each other. It's like you know you get you get through hold of me through there, and you know if I see you guys are kind of serious, I'll give you my number and we'll talk something out. Now- just just the other day, uh, the, some people at my work, were, uh, the women were saying how MySpace ruins marriages, and you know, for wrestlers, it's the exact opposite. Hey, man, it helps us get work. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. it's great. 
As long as long as you keep your number one friend, your wife, I don't yeah. have a problem. Exactly. My wife is my number one fan, so. <laughs> but yeah, so so you can get booked through um through MySpace. Are you willing to travel? Yeah, definitely. Okay, good. Good. Most definitely. So uh, what we'll do is we'll uh we'll get the word out for you because I would like to see uh, newer Supreme footage on DVD um, because. Not to not to sound like a mark or anything, but I did enjoy your XCW run. Oh, thank you. Um, so uh, you like can that. catch you can catch more of Supreme by checking out XPW Season One TV on DVD, Big Vision Entertainment. You can get it at uh, Best Buy or any other chains or on online. Or check out uh, the XPW uh, MySpace. Yes, I think they they just came out with a new XPW shirt. Looks like the old one, but they're coming out with the XPW shirts. So, tremendous. If you have never watched an XPW show and you don't know who they are and you need to be educated, I implore you to get out there and get this footage. It revolutionized, it helped revolutionize hardcore wrestling in this country. You talk about ECW, you can talk about the IWA King of the Deathmatch Tournament, but XPW does not get enough credit, and please get that footage, borrow from a friend, something, and see it because you'll just, I'm telling you, guys like Supreme, you guys don't get enough credit. And, um, you know, and I haven't watched that much of it, but I'm smart enough to know you guys did a lot, and I appreciate everything that you did. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, well, thanks for coming on to the show, Supreme. Hopefully we can have you on again. And uh, Yeah, it was fun. Anytime can, you guys want me. Maybe we can get uh, Chaos on with you, or, or maybe even Billy, Messiah. You know, we could yeah. uh, do a funky little three-way. <laughs> That'd be cool. You get All some right, stories brother, going there. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for coming on in. All right, brother, we will get you next time. Thanks for coming on, Supreme. Okay, and thank you very much. Take nice care, bro. you, brother. All right, see you. Thank you. All right. Now, that was a fucking interview. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Excellent props. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool, man. He's a down-to-earth guy. You know, from, from what I've heard of him, uh, Supreme is pretty down-to-earth, and you know, he, he loves this business, and he loves what he does. You know, and, and that's what we do here at Rubber Guard. We support the indies. And, David, you need to book him and fucking Necro. I will do it. <laughs> I will do it. And we'll, and maybe, maybe hey, maybe we can have Kid Zombie be the special referee. Uh, Well, shit. I think I have <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, why not? Well, I'll take a chair shot from Supreme. There's no way. I'll take one from Necro, though. Because, you know... I mean, I'm tough, but, you know, not that tough. <laughs> well, I, 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 like I said, uh, um, XPW, um, really, when I was breaking into the business, XPW was to talk of the indie circuit. So if anybody, if you guys listening out there do not know what we're talking about, please get please get that footage. Uh, you get it at uh, highspots.com. Carries it. You can get it at Best Buy or you know, national retail chains that sell DVDs. Like Walmart actually still has it. Just That's kind of true. interesting. And it's but, on the market. Uh, twenty bucks for like three discs. So that, Yep, three discs for twenty bucks. It's a pretty good deal. And it everybody on I, that everybody on that D V D will give you everything they have for your money. So I mean you're not gonna get ripped off. Alright, we're coming down to our last minute. Uh let me plug my sponsor, www.ivpvideos.com. Tell them K Z from Rubber Guard Sensha. Um, myspace.com backslash rubberguardradio. Dave, you got the office. All right. www.myspace.com slash vengeance. David Fuller. The t-shirts are in. The DVDs are ready to ship out. You can get them both for 20 bucks shipped. The DVD, seven matches, 10-year career. The shirts commemorates 10 years of my career. Myspace.com slash vengeance. David Fuller, send me a message, and I'll send you the PayPal information. All righty, cool. We're going to head out with the Carl Stern audio Marshall. See you guys next week with Jamie Dundee. Jamie Dundee. <laughs> Jamie Dundee on Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. sharp. For two hours, the Iceman's going to be shooting with us on Rubber Guard. Um, I, I spoke to Jamie the other night, and, and he said, is there anything I can't say? I said, um, no. We shoot here. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to give you the office. The floor will be yours. Yes, David, that show will be insane. 
And it will top my show uh, the first oh. time on is the most downloaded, I'm sure. But that's okay. I'll give it up. Hey, no, no. You're still leading the league in downloads, brother. <laughs> yeah, but see, it doesn't count when you download your own show 20 times. Oh, yeah, that's right. K-Fabe, <laughs> man. K-Fabe. K-Fabe what? K-Fabe that, man. I'm telling you my heat. 